0: welcome everyone to the eos fireside chat for august 30th we've had a couple of light summer shows recently but not today looks like summer's over vacations are done everyone's back to work and we've got lots of news to discuss and updates to cover we've got six guest speakers lined up for you today nine interesting topics including eve going to be talking to us of course about the big news of the day eos approved by japan regulators then we've got steven diesel from the enf dev team joining us to talk about the eos evm trustless bridge front end update and then i'll be recapping some of the information that came out of the recent chinese fireside chat with eos labs founder and then enf office hours are officially launched tomorrow we'll be talking about that with nathan and brandon chase from Challenge DAC is possibly going to be joining us today to talk about a grant that their teams received We've got Rob from Facings talking to us about creator updates Pomelo Season 6 survey results are in WarfKit webinar coming up Upland totems are coming And more So hope you're ready for a big show Hope you got your snacks, your drinks And yeah, let's dive right into it So the big news of the day EOS approved by the regulators of Japan Very big news what's up we've got eve joining us today to talk a bit more about this and yeah i'm just gonna i'm just gonna throw it over to eve right away eve welcome to the fireside are you ready to talk
1: eos and japan catch i just caught it yes thank you for throwing it over i am ready to talk about this i've been wanting to talk about this for a very long time um i've got three questions for you actually go for it
0: We want to structure this segment a bit more. Let's structure this. What does this mean for EOS? Second question, what kind of work went into getting this approval? And the third question, does this mean you'll be spending more or less time in Japan in the next year compared to the last year?
1: Uh, 42, 7, and 24. Those are the three answers to your three questions. There you
0: go. Moving on yep, to our next done. topic. We're done.
1: Moving on. Trust us. Uh, what bridge what bridge. was the first question? Again, what does this mean for EOS? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to start with your second question because it seems to make more sense in terms of, of timeline. Sure. Um, what was your second question?
0: What kind of work went into getting
1: this approval? Thank you. Uh, A lot of work went into this. So to give an idea, we formally started the process. um, And by formally, I mean like the actual application uh, paperwork and everything started uh, early on in March before we even got there. So March 8th, before we even got to that point, it was a few months of work just to be able to be not eligible to apply, but essentially kind of the pre-work in order to be there. So this particular file, uh, I've been working on between eight to nine months. So it's a very, very long time coming. Uh, the process itself was extremely difficult, uh, very, very deep in terms of what, um, the regulatory bodies were asking. Uh, they, I mean, they were following along very, very closely to what's going on on EOS in, in particular. Um, So much so that at some point, while we were in a a phase where we were doing back and forth questions with the JVCA and the FSA for a period of a few weeks, while we were answering the questions, news about EOS was going out. Um, And then they would, within a matter of, of a few hours, basically ask questions about the latest information that's just been released that has nothing to do with the application. They were looking at transactions on chain and asking specific questions about Specific transactions from specific accounts or specific smart contracts or applications. Um, They went really into the weeds. They were looking at on-chain data. They were looking at historic data. Uh, I believe I've mentioned in the past um, when people were asking about Japan a few weeks back when Binance announced uh, that they were re entering the Japanese market, and then even prior to that, when I was mentioned that I was heading out to Japan, people were asking questions about, uh, you know, why isn't EOS listed in Japan? And the history there is that EOS has been rejected, uh, from the JVCA and the FSA in the past. Uh, so, I won't get into too many details there because I, I was not a part of the first attempt. I was a part of the second attempt, though, while I was with EOS Nation. We did try to get uh, EOS listed in Japan, and we failed at that time, in large part because uh, we we're simply a block producer, and there was no you know coordinated, uh, centralized body that could speak on behalf of the chain. And that was one of the big um, points there. But the amount of work that was required just to get to this announcement today uh, it was quite extensive. We've been working on this for a very, very, very long time. Um, and this is, is a milestone. It's a huge milestone. It's a very, very big uh, achievement for EOS. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the amount of products that are listed in Japan, very, very low. The government is heavily involved in this. Um, basically, you get approval from the government, which is what uh, what we just got and what we just announced. Paired with this, though, we already have an exchange that we're working with, and EOS will start trading in mid-September. More announcements to come on that with the actual date. Um, So within within the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear more about that. But the whole process was extremely tedious, very, very long, uh, very deep, like I mentioned, in terms of their questioning, in terms of how they're following along, in terms of what they're looking for, in terms of the prior rejections and uh, the reasons for those rejections and what they were looking for at this time. Uh, this is incredibly, incredibly difficult, but now it opens the door. Now that you have this regulatory approval, now you can start working with exchanges to actually get it listed. And so we are already exploring. So so the first exchange that it's going to be listed on is, uh, I believe it was mentioned, uh, in the, in the articles that were shared. And so it is bit trade. That's number one. We are in the process already. Uh, of working with other exchanges to be listed uh, in other locations as well. So this is pretty massive. So what does it mean for EOS? Uh, so your first question. This opens EOS uh, uh, in, in a market that is is a major market, a very big player in the crypto space, that is currently one of the hottest markets that is looking at coming back onto the scene. Um, for those who know, I went to Japan back in July for the WebEx event. I was supposed to be there in June a month before. Those two events in particular, we were going because the announcement was going to be out by then. And we were going to talk about that and we were going to release that. Um, And obviously it took longer, so we weren't able to do that. But that was originally part of the plan. Um, So it's a long time coming. This opens up EOS to a huge market, a very heavily regulated market, a market that um, has a lot of, I guess, has a very formal framework around cryptocurrencies which means that it gives a lot of, um, uh, not sustainability, but, but confidence in the market because they know. Um, so uh, uh, basically retail users, businesses, et cetera, they know how to operate. They know what the government is doing. So it's not an unknown, uh, which is more so kind of what it is in Canada and the US, for example. Uh, Japan is very much well-known. There's a big framework around it. So you know what you can or cannot do. Uh, so there's no second guessing so it gives a lot of that investor confidence that business confidence Um, so that's you know just the beginning for us in 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 japan but that's uh, a huge milestone there and um i guess now going back to your third question of whether or not i'm going to spend more or less time in japan uh, i believe that i would be spending more time in japan as we try to unlock some of that ip in particular around gaming that exist in Japan, so you can think of huge IP brands um, that are in Japan. Uh, for example, Nintendo, Sony. Um, there, there's many, many more, but those, you know, those are easy ones. Pokemon. Uh, Japan has a lot of of IP as it relates to gaming, and uh, Japan as as a country, or I guess as a as a as a location, is very closed. It's very difficult to actually enter Japan or to. Um, do business in Japan to somehow unlock the the, the opportunities that are in Japan. It is a homogenous country. It's an island. Very very little immigration. Uh, if you don't speak Japanese, it's incredibly difficult. Um, it is traditionally a closed off country, um, and so and and it's also kind of an end to end similar to what I've explained in the past about Korea, where it has from end to end from A to Z. It, it solves every or it has every piece of the puzzle type of thing. So it's got its own investors, its own retail, its own businesses, its own IP, its own exchanges. Everything is end-to-end done. So to be able to enter that is incredibly difficult, but once you're in, then you get access to all of that. And so I am envisioning spending more time in Japan and being able to unlock that uh, on behalf of of EOS
0: and I don't know if you guys have seen social media, but this news has been everywhere on my feed and a couple of crypto feeds that I have that rarely, uh, you know, EOS gets mentioned there.
1: Today, it's been all over. So that's been uh, it's been really good to see. Yeah, and it's pretty awesome. I think uh, Zach did an amazing job. So for those who are also paying attention, um, so the news was under embargo, this So I guess even delving deeper into your your second question, what was involved in this and how much work, the the Japanese authorities were very, very, very clear on multiple occasions that if this news ever leaked out prior to it being formally announced by... Uh, The authorities, because there's a very formal process in even announcing this, that if this were to be leaked out, that there's no second guessing, there's no, you know, there's no I'm sorry or whatever. This was now going to be pulled back. They were very clear on this. Um, And so keeping this tight lipped and keeping this basically under wraps for all this time in and by itself is a huge achievement. We got a a kind of a scare yesterday because one of the news, uh, the media companies that that had this information under embargo released this information uh, yesterday around 3 p.m., 3 or 4 p.m. So for some of you, you may have seen that in the ENF chat, there was an article shared yesterday around 3 or 4 p.m. Eastern time uh, that basically highlighted the news. And we quickly pulled it down. We had to contact the editors. We had to ask them to pull the story. Um, and so we kind of had a scare there because the whole process is extremely regulated uh, on what we could say, when we could say it, who was allowed to say it first, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So very happy to finally no longer have this on our shoulders. Uh, a few of you have asked questions in the past and I've dropped a few hints, uh, but we we really needed to be extremely tight lipped on, uh, on this. And it it is it really is a huge um, milestone for uh, for EOS because of the process because of what this means from a regulatory point of view as well. We also expect that other countries and other um, jurisdictions will likely look at Japan and the work that they did and either copy paste and or leverage the information and and the kind of the listings in Japan to form their own um, determinations as to whether or not they would list a, a particular project. So this is this is really really big. So we're really excited about this.
0: Yeah, that's great. Congratulations, uh, yeah, to you guys for, for doing this work and uh, yeah, one more round of applause for everyone involved in this soundboard horn. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was it was just right for that. Uh, cool. Anyone else have any uh, questions or comments they want to share? I see Yana here sharing a screenshot in the chat of some some social mentions on a bunch of different websites about the news from today, that's great. Yes, yeah, so I'll just give a couple moments here for anyone uh, to uh, jump on the mic and share some thoughts or questions. All right. We'll keep the show moving. Um, First though, thanks everyone for joining us. What do we, we got 60 people here on discord. we got others watching live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you are. Like, subscribe and share. If you're live with us in discord, share those memes, images, emojis in the chat. We love it when you guys participate in the show, whether it's a comment, a question or just some random off topic banter at the end of it. Uh, Yeah, thanks for joining us. Okay, cool. Next topic, EOS EVM trustless bridge frontend got an upgrade recently, and we've got Steven Diesel here from the ENF to talk to us a bit more about this recent blog post and how it impacts the EOS EVM uh, trustless bridge.
2: Sure, Uh, thanks for having me, guys. So yeah, hey, I'm Steven. I'm part of the product team at the ENF. So We did just recently perform um, an update to the trustless bridge front-end. That, of course, is just the UI component um, for bridging EOS tokens between the EOS native network and the EOS EVM. Um, When it comes to this update, uh, just for transparency, the main thing that is released here is just uh, the transaction hash mapping for uh, the EOS network to successful transactions attempted through that front-end. Um, This is really just uh, for troubleshooting uh, processes, in case anybody runs into any issues, Uh, and as is outlined inside of the release notes as well, um, there's mixed support for this uh, concept or feature called inline transfers. And As a result of that, uh, the ability for a user to effectively withdraw from EOS EVM to some centralized exchanges uh, may require further troubleshooting. Uh, We've done our best to lock down um, any sort of risk for users around that. So um, at this point in time, uh, there shouldn't be any present concerns around people for that. But if anyone does have questions, I can elaborate. It's all detailed in those release notes, uh, just to be clear. And um, the reason why those release notes kind of outline the broader functionality is that this is kind of the first official release of that product. Um, It's, of course, existed since April, and much of the design still... Um, looks and feels the way it did back then. Um, I mentioned that just to uh, meet our expectations of where it's at right now, but also to mention that um, there's a lot of big updates that will be coming um, in the coming weeks and months, including uh, official USDT support as well as a whole uh, UX revamp. Um, we're looking to redesign the product and, and make it a whole lot more user-friendly. but. Uh, I guess that that's some uh, general context. Does uh, anyone have any questions about that? I also see some uh, links were shared, so uh, thanks for that.
0: All right, thanks, Steven, for uh, for that clarification and uh, explanation about uh, the status of the EOS EVM trustless bridge. And there you go. You're sharing the release notes directly. I shared the the tweet update and the blog update and then so there you go and then of course the actual bridge right bridge.evm.eosnetwork.com allows you to bridge your EOS tokens from the EOS native side to the EOS EVM and back and uh, yeah so if you've got any uh, questions about that plenty of information for you to dig into and we're looking forward for more updates uh, in the future thanks Stephen for for joining us and please join us again when there's more updates to share
2: Absolutely. Yeah, maybe the last thing that I'll mention um, is just like pretty much everything else that's uh, built by the ENF. This is an open source project. So uh, one other thing that I can share is just the link to this repo. If anybody ever has any uh, feedback or feature requests, you can submit issues directly uh, here. And of course, you can talk to me directly about it. Um, But yeah, happy to collaborate with folks and uh, make it the best experience we can. Thanks. You can also submit PRs. They're always welcome. All
0: right. Thanks, Nathan, for that little bit of extra. We'll be hearing more from Nathan in just a little bit. But first, our next topic is the EOS Labs Chinese Fireside Recap Article that was published last week. And I'm going to give you guys a quick recap of what this is all about, I read the article earlier today. Highlighted some interesting parts, and let's see here. So uh, I'm actually curious. See some ones in the chat if you've read this article. So let's let's see some ones in the chat if you've already read this article. But either way, I'm gonna give you guys. Oh, oh, that cricket sound. I thought I thought my mic was off. It scared me. Um, all right, <laughs> okay, okay, who's, who's going crazy with the soundboard? Um, all right, so re- a bit of a recap, so the title of this blog post is Origins, Vision and Development Shared by EOS Labs Founder, I'm going to link this right in the chat right here, and these are highlights from the Chinese EOS Fireside Chat that happened, uh, over a week ago. All right, so a bunch of questions, I'm not going to go over all of them, I'm just going to highlight some of the key pieces of information that I found interesting. So EOS and some of this stuff has been shared already, but some of it was reiterated. So I'm going to bring it up again. So EOS labs follows a data driven approach in its, in it, in its activities. It's going to monitor key data metrics such as total value lock daily trading volume, daily active addresses, and daily active users to make more informed decisions. EOS labs pays close attention to DeFi, and GameFi, focusing on emerging and popular projects and trends as well, such as real-world assets. So their strategy for EOS DeFi incubation will also be intricate. The approach taken by EOS Labs will be different from the Pomelo and ENF grant framework. They will provide more direct investments and support to help potential projects. Question number two was, does EOS Labs have a comprehensive KPI evaluation framework? So it says that Presently, the operation of EOS Labs does not necessitate, necessitate direct oversight. Many, oh, I'm sorry about that. We got some coffee action in the background. All right, many initiatives are in their infancy, and our primary focus revolves around identifying avenues for innovation and advancement. Furthermore, our gauge for assessing the efficacy of EOS Labs initiatives lies in the continual augmentation of on-chain activities, total value lock, and the proliferation of associated projects. These metrics will serve as touchstones for evaluation and refinement. So I thought this was interesting in that it really highlights kind of what kind of oversight we can expect from EOS Labs. Of course, the block producers are ultimately in the role of the oversight of deciding to continue to fund this uh, organization or not. But outside of that, you know, it sounds like they're really going to be focusing on metrics, on-chain activities, total value locked, etc., cetera, um, to determine if, if their organization is successful or not. In short term, their focus will be on EVM, but this doesn't mean that we are giving up on the development of the native chain ecosystem. We won't reject any native application. So that was confirmed again. That was a question: Is it just EVM or are EOS EVM or EOS native applications as well? But their focus is EVM. But just because you're native doesn't mean you're you're going to be rejected. So and and he stresses that it's important not to perceive EOS native and EOS EVM as competing entities, which makes sense to me. I'm happy to learn whenever a project launches, whatever whether it's on EVM or native. Mm. I'm just happy projects are launching on EOS, right? Question four, how uh, will EOS Labs funding information be transparent and publicly available? The answer is that we plan to collaborate with third party auditing firms and regularly publish audit reports. However, a challenge we currently face is that most auditing practices do not support blockchain audits. Nevertheless, we are actively reaching out and committed to finding a solution to this issue. So this is kind of a reoccurring, theme across many blockchain companies where they're having problems auditing, but they're saying that this is a priority for them and they're, and they're focused on solving this issue. In terms of their... Um, so question number five. For applications outside the EOS ecosystem that are profitable, are they willing to go through the effort to migrate to EOS for a relatively small award? What confidence does EOS Labs have in attracting these well-known applications? The answer. Many projects adopt a multi-chain deployment strategy to attract more users. For these projects, entering EOS is also an expectation to gain more users. Therefore, what EOS Labs needs to do most is to increase on-chain activity and the number of users. So again, going back to these on-chain metrics where they're saying that as these metrics increase, that in turn will attract more projects. They continue. We also welcome more community members to join us, supervise us and recommend good projects to us through the email provided below. So there's an email uh, I'll share in just a bit. Um, For ecosystem projects, projects can submit their pitch deck to bd.eoslabs.io and EOS Labs will arrange for dedicated personnel to engage with the projects. So that's kind of your contact method for EOS Labs at this point. Question seven was pretty interesting. How does EOS Labs evaluate whether a project is worth investing in? The answer. For early-stage projects, the primary focus is on the potential of the team and the industry track. Of course, the economic model, technical capabilities, and alignment with current development direction of EOS are also considered. For example, projects that are inherently related to DeFi or gaming might be preferred. In the middle to later stages of a project... We look at performance data, competitive performance, the team's track record, project finances, and funding status, among other factors. So I thought this was a nice answer that gives us a bit of insight into what this team is going to be looking at closely when evaluating projects. Um, what about existing projects? Is EOS Labs willing to collaborate with existing projects? The answer, as long as a project's goals align with our development objectives, aiming to enhance EOS's active data or TVL, we will evaluate and consider it. This applies regardless of whether the project is new or existing. So not really any any differentiation in EOS Labs' eyes, whether it's a, a project is new or exist, currently existing. Question nine. Since EOS Labs is a profit oriented organization, how does the profit aspect contribute back to the mainnet or community? So I know this was a topic uh, that I was actually very curious about and others as well. So I'm just going to read the full answer here. EOS Labs operational funds come from the community and it certainly contributes back to the community. This is unrelated to whether it is a profit oriented organization. As for why EOS Labs is set up as a profit-oriented organization, similar controversies have arisen within the Ethereum founding team. Currently, the EOS Network Foundation is a non-profit organization responsible for EOS ecosystem infrastructure or Antelope's development, while EOS Labs focusing on enriching applications on Antelope. I believe establishing a profit-oriented organization makes it easier to motivate our team to overcome development block bottlenecks. In the future, if profits are generated, they will be reinvested into the ecosystem. Our ultimate goal is to develop a sustainable ecosystem rather than consistently seeking operational funding from the community. So interesting answer. Um, I'm sure we'll hear more about uh, this topic in the coming weeks and months, and I'm just going to leave it there for now. Question 10. Has EOS Labs already been in discussion with some potential projects? Yes. Many direct inquiries have been sent, and they're in discussions with around a dozen potential projects. What's the size of the EOS Labs team? Given market, environment, and budget consideration, our team will be kept within five members. And of course, there's a lot more in here. I'm not going over everything. I encourage you to read the entire article if you're curious about EOS Labs. couple final points here regarding the suspension of the Yield Plus program. Um, part of the answer is that even though the primary benefits of the Yield Plus program were tied to DeFi Box, it's undeniable that DeFi Box is an excellent project. For such exceptional projects, EOS Labs will continue to provide assistance in the future. We won't simply do nothing after the closure of the Yield Plus program. Regarding rejecting the Block One settlement agreement, um, also, EOS Labs uh, is in alignment with the ENF's position in order to, uh, you know, urge and they urge everyone to unite with the EOS Network Foundation to fight for our rights. And there you go so those were some of the highlights that i found most interesting uh let me see here if there was any questions in the chat lewis was asking if eos network ventures is different it is a different organization than eos labs yeah exactly all right any thoughts or comments um from anyone feel free to share them obviously we don't have anyone representing eos labs with us today so I'm not going to be in a position to answer many questions, but I thought this was a uh, good information to share and I'm happy to see such a thorough, thorough article here that really goes over a lot of the questions that I had regarding Yale Labs.
3: Well, I guess I'm the only person that's going to ask the hard questions. Uh, I, can't, I can't promise an
0: answer, but go ahead and ask your question.
3: Well, it's I'm still confused, and I'm sure I'm guessing other people are as well. I don't understand the for-profit status yet pouring the money yet recycling the money back into the, the community uh, is it a is it a nonprofit is it a, is it legally a, a for-profit organization that is acting like a nonprofit with regard to our community is there if it's if it's claiming to recycle or to to reinvest the money into the community is there any way for us to to track that, does it? we have a right to track that? I, it's just very confusing to me. I, I really don't understand the, the setup. Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I agree with uh, with that comment. And I would definitely like to have more clarity around the, uh, around the setup, like you say. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that'll be maybe hopefully more information will be shared about that in the coming weeks and months. And I'm sure there's going to be more opportunities for us to ask questions directly to the team at EOS Labs in the future as well.
3: Well, then that begs my second question, really a statement, which is this is this is a really awkward setup, where I mean we, you know that's a, that's an important question that, I, that 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 I just asked and you just confirmed, and we just have you know we're just getting we got nothing, we just got air. It's, a, it's very awkward.
0: I mean, it's not nothing or error, but I agree that I'd like to see more details around that, for sure.
3: Well, I mean, let's, why wouldn't we have, why, why uh, can't Eves or, or Zach answer that? Are they unaware of that? Gentlemen, are you unaware of the answer to that question?
0: I imagine if there was more precise information to be shared at this time, it would have been shared, but anyone's f- free to, to jump in and answer here if they want. Okay. Rob Rigo asked, do they make money by taking equity positions and projects they accept into the lab? Good question. I imagine yes, but I'm not sure.
3: Is there do do we have a a legal status? It or? sounds like
0: it's a for profit legal status. That seems yeah. clear to me.
3: And the jurisdiction is China.
0: Is that we, we can say that for sure. I'm not sure actually. I'm not sure. So we're
3: not sure even the jurisdiction. Wow. Okay. I, I think, think in an early these
0: are good questions we can ask, and I'm sure, you know we'll get the answers if I remember correctly
4: the jurisdiction was supposed to be Singapore I might be mistaken though
3: okay that's a that's a step that's very good step. point
0: that Trimbot makes here Stefan just doesn't know the answer is very possible that this information is out there and I don't know it necessarily so keep that in mind
3: let's ask it this way why are we getting no answer from Eves or Zach here in this call right now. I mean, surely they can answer. Why? Maybe they don't have to answer. Of course, no one no one can force anybody to answer. But you say why? Like, for example, uh, you were under a gag order in uh, with regard to the Japanese situation. Or can you give us any indication that you're under a gag order to disclose the jurisdiction and the and the legal Entity type, is there any kind of gag order regarding that? <laughs> okay.
0: Aaron Cox here shared a good uh, good comment here in the chat. Not-for-profits have very strict requirements that can limit what a business can and cannot do. Those requirements don't exist on normal business. He says, "Great Mass is for-profit that we kind of act like a not-for-profit. Maybe there's some similarities, maybe. Remember everyone that's joining us live in Discord. Grab your pop tokens in the pop bot chat. Simply register for that using your Yas account. And we'll drop that into your account later on today, and then you can join the monthly raffle, win some prizes, win some EOS, win some EOS moments, all sorts of fun things. There we go, we got some shout-outs for the new EOS South Asia show that started this week. Aid is hosting that. Did you want to jump on stage real quick and uh, introduce yourself maybe to the English speaking community and talk a bit about your show? I know this was not planned and I may be putting you on the spot here. Let's see here. Is your mic set up?
5: Hello. Hello, hello. Welcome uh, to hey, Far Side. Um, thank you. This is my first time here.
0: There you go. Yeah. Glad to uh, have you on the show. Um, right. A bit of background for everyone. Rueda reached out to me, I think, last week or the week before, saying that he wants to host kind of a Fireside show for his community. And so we agreed to give some pop tokens for him to distribute to his community. And then, uh, yeah, so you had your first show uh, this week, right? On Monday. Yes, on Monday. Great. And was- so talk a bit about your community and, and what you do here there with the show.
5: Uh, it was very fun uh, we had a few listeners uh, for being our first show it was really fun so what i was thinking is that you know we have a community for mexico uh, the spanish community and we have a community for the chinese fireside chat so i thought what if we do something for south asia you know india and pakistan i thought there's a lot of potential there and if we try to expand uh, in those countries so we may get you know new users into EOS and in the in our ecosystem. So we did our show in Hindi and Urdu, and we had a few listeners, and I hope we'll get more this week as well. I plan on continuing it weekly. All right, so awesome. if, That's great. Yeah, glad, thank you. Glad, glad to hear
0: the show uh, went well, and uh, yeah, definitely let me know if Thanks. there's there's other things we can do to help uh, support your show.
5: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: All right. Thanks for joining. Tony says that the Spanish fireside isn't just for Mexico. No, it's not. It's definitely for any Spanish-speaking EOS community member, but I think it is co-hosted by the guys from EOS Mexico. So, So there's that. All right, let's keep it moving. Next up on the agenda, EOS Network Foundation office hours here on Discord. We got Nathan James and Brandon Lovejoy doing their first office hours tomorrow. Brandon, uh, Nathan, do you wanna come on stage here and talk a bit about these office hours?
4: Sure, so we really wanted to give a way or another way for the community to reach out. Uh, The chats, now that the community is growing a little bit and the chats are getting a little bit bigger. It's harder for us to keep track uh, with the less staff that we have. Uh, But we wanted to give more of an opportunity to have communications with the ENF, specifically the ENF. Uh, So we have other communication channels for the EOS network, which are the Fireside that we're currently on. Uh, We have the Node operator roundtable, developer roundtable. Um, and we really want to give ones, we really want to give the community an opportunity to talk directly to us and ask us questions that maybe don't want to be asked here. Uh, some people might not be comfortable coming onto such a large forum, um, but are comfortable in smaller settings. Uh, so we're going to be spreading these out throughout uh, the week. We're still debating what we're looking at possibly doing multiple during the week with different individuals. Uh, So you'll have not only a chance to have more opportunities to speak to the ENF, but also to different people, different teams within the ENF. For instance, uh, Brennan and I will be on tomorrow, um, but other teams will be on at a different day. Uh, So it should hopefully spread it out and allow more people to have uh, these candid conversations live with somebody. Uh maybe Brandon wants to add something here as well.
6: Yeah, I think you covered pretty well. Um I would just add that in addition to yeah, tomorrow is kind of like just Nathan and I jumping on. <clears throat> I think that might be um a recurring time slot, but we'll be communicating about the upcoming you yeah. know chats and just you know if you hang out in Discord and you see um, one of the voice chats open <clears throat> hopefully we'll we'll get some of these set up so they're pretty obvious and you can see them it's a office hour or a lounge or something like that going on so feel free to jump in when you see that otherwise we'll try to produce some graphics uh, with kind of all the upcoming events for the week and just keep those coming so people know when they can catch us and yeah just looking forward to the opportunity to just kind of have more unstructured time um, with folks, and if no one shows up, we'll just be sitting here working. And, uh, but uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, drop by with your questions or thoughts, and send to connect. Yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's a good initiative.
0: At first, my my initial reaction was that. To me, the ENF seems very accessible. You guys are in the chats on Telegram. You're out here on the fireside, on Discord, um, in the Discord chats as well. Uh, however, all of those forums are kind of public, and those questions are recorded forever on Telegram or whatever, or this show is broadcasted live <coughs> and recorded on YouTube, etc. So there's not actually a way to be informally just talking without... Worrying that what you say here could like impact your reputation or if you say something silly, it's kind of recorded and published forever um, So I think I think it's a good idea and uh, I'm definitely gonna be joining in from time to time uh, Say hi to uh, to more people from DNF. I like it. I, I don't know if you added more
4: pressure or less pressure
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Yeah Less pressure. Yeah, just it's it's not recorded. It Anything you say just disappears right after, and no one will see. <laughs> so, no pressure.
6: But yeah, yeah, just just casual environment. Not not needing to be on a stage. Just drop on by. Um, I don't think the time has been
0: announced yet, uh, but I think it's gonna be tomorrow, Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, yep, be- you got it. In here on Discord, there's going to be a new lounge voice chat or something. You'll you'll easily see it. You'll be able to see that icon in the top left corner of your Discord uh, platform that it that you can see right now, like that green icon that says that there's people chatting away in the voice chat. That'll be live, so that's your indicator to know that someone's out there waiting for you to come hang out and chat.
6: Yep, you got it. Thanks, Steph.
0: breaking news pomelo season dates are going to be announced in just a bit so make sure you stay tuned for that but first let's invite our next guest on the show let's see is rob from facings with us today i think he is rob Rigo right there in the chat you guys published a nft creators updates um blog post today or this week, and yeah, we'd love to hear more about what that's all about, Rob.
7: Ahoy, thanks for having me. All right, welcome. Uh, Yeah, so, oh, thanks for dropping it, I was about to do that. So we dropped a quick blog update detailing the work we did to complete our second grant proposal with the ENF. Uh, This included our plugin framework and a couple example plugins, which are Data import and airdrop. Uh, Both of these features are useful building blocks for managing collections, Um, especially so with the data import, when you're dealing with lots of complex NFT data, let's say you have a set you're launching that could have hundreds of different types of NFTs in it. Uh, it's, it's helpful from a quality and efficiency perspective to be able to port that data around, uh, use it on a test net, and then when you're ready to go, uh, promote it to the live mainnet environment. So really, this is creating a standard to manage more complex NFT data. Um, it is a standard, so other tools could implement it as well. Uh, and... Uh, you know, we'll continue to work on that and enhance the standard as we see opportunities to. Um, the airdrop plugin, this is really kind of an open source bounty block drop tool clone. Um, it's my understanding, bounty block is no longer available on EOS. Uh, so we saw an opportunity here, one to Launch a tool that didn't have as many dependencies as Bounty Block, but also to fill in the, the void uh, with their tool no longer being available. So you can perform uh, airdrops such as the Pop Token airdrop or other airdrops onto uh, people holding NFTs in your collection. Uh, and this is just useful for distributing promos and various other um, distributions that you may want to do for your collection and uh, marketing and engagement and so on. So that is now available Um, and currently being reviewed by the ENF, as that was our last milestone. Um, We also included a lot of bug fixes. So we took the opportunity to enumerate uh, the bug fixes and other enhancements in the blog post that we released. and so those are available for your reading. I'm not going to read every single one. And um, beyond that, we're now set up to, you know, we're, we no longer have any specific promised work. We're choosing our own destiny now, but uh, some sort of clues on what we're working on next. Um, we're currently looking at Warfkit and adapting our app to use WorfKit, just so that we're future-proofed. It definitely seems like a very good SDK to leverage, um, particularly the ability to cover resources if you run out of resources while you're trying to sign a transaction. uh, That's a great UX improvement, and I know there's a lot of other great features coming in WorfKit, so we want to make sure our app's ready to leverage that. Uh, We're also working on our own internal analytics, so we have a better understanding of how the app is being used as we go forward, Uh, if certain features are more popular than others, um, if various attempts to drive usage and engagement are successful or not. So uh, we're in the midst of researching what we'd like to use for analytics and implementing that as well. Um, We also had a Pomelo. Grant in season six that promised uh, basically an account profile page. So, we're putting that in place uh, just to give some more information about uh, the logged in users' inventory and, you know, resources, account level information uh, that can be useful. So, we're currently sort of working on these small or miscellaneous pieces at the moment, and then we'll be diving right into. Additional feature development. So um, we we understand that one of the core drivers for engagement and activity in NFT collections is facilitating drops in sales. Uh, We've facilitated quite a few of those over the years now, uh, but we have never made our technology available through a self-service portal. So that's something we're um, very keen to enable. As we see that as an opportunity to onboard new users to EOS, you know, say a game's launching and it wants to sell some of its game assets, uh, we hope to be the technology they'd like to leverage in order to facilitate those sales on EOS, um, and that's a revenue driver for the collection for us, and um, you know, it, it spurs on market activity by creating more NFTs, which are in demand by the players of the game. You know, that will drive. Secondary market activity and generally just increased usage of the chain. Uh, so, uh, we're looking at prioritizing that against some of the other features that we have sort of on the shelf that are developed and that we've used in the past, specifically on WAX. But, um, figuring out how to integrate some of those features and port them over to EOS and enable them to be used through the collection manager uh, that will pretty much make the app a lot more useful uh, you know, and feature rich and give collection owners more reasons to manage their collections through uh, facing. So it's really what we're looking at right now. Um, thanks to the ENF for allowing us the opportunity to do this proposal. Definitely has helped us get through this year and set ourselves up for the future. So we're in a good spot now, and we're just looking to Deliver more value and get more usage on the app. Uh, we're always looking for more feedback, feature requests, suggestions, and just understanding of how you're looking to use NFTs on EOS. So um, feel free to reach out to me. Join our Discord, uh, Discord.gg/facings. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or wherever you prefer. I'm in Telegram as well uh, because we want to hear from you so uh, i see oh thank you steph Uh, yep that's the link to our app so feel free to uh give it a try and let us know how it's working for you and uh we do have a a testing specific channel now in telegram uh so if you prefer to use telegram you can join the channel i'm linking and uh, give us feedback if you find bugs or various ways you think the app can be improved. Um, Lewis isn't EVM ready at the moment. Uh, that is definitely an interesting um, thought, though. Um, we just de- we, There are some things we want to get in place. Like I said, features that are sort of on the shelf that we have mostly developed that need to be adapted to the Collection Manager. Imported to EOS. So those will be, um, in our opinion, uh, easier value to unlock than starting a fresh feature from zero. Uh, but we are definitely tracking the growth of the EVM and usage of the EVM on EOS and have some ideas about how we could participate in that as well. Um, so, yeah, that's about all I had. Just wanted to uh, provide an update and Uh, again ask for feedback and understand how you all are looking to leverage nfts on eos uh, as we are building this for you and we want to make sure that it suits your needs so thank you very much and happy to answer any questions
0: all right thanks rob for joining us Uh, i'm definitely happy with the progress you guys are making the pop token the monthly raffle those prizes a lot of that is enabled through this app, so that's great. Uh, I was feeling kind of naked without my bounty block tool for all these promotions, Um, so I'm very happy to see that this tool is kind of up and running, covers a lot of the use cases that I need at this point, so I'm excited to use it more and to start up more uh, EOS NFT related uh, promotions. You did bring up uh, an interesting topic, actually, which feeds into one of our future topics today regarding implementing WorfKit. Um, so I don't know if you're aware, Rob, but there's a webinar coming up about WorfKit next Thursday, so in eight days. And yeah, I was wondering if you are planning on attending that webinar.
7: Yeah, Um we are aware of that, and at least one of our developers will be attending. <clears throat> I'm actually traveling over the next week, uh, so taking a trip with my family. So I'm pretty much going to be offline during that, but we will be in attendance, uh, specifically Marcelo on our team, who is uh, focused on implementing Wharf Kit. So he's going to be there. He's been doing his research as well. Um, and we're super excited to start leveraging Kit. It's definitely an impressive piece of technology. And I see a lot of future potential there too.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So the Kit webinar is September 7th at 4 p.m. UTC. Of course, everyone is invited to join. Um, however, more than that, if you're a developer and you want to be a bit more involved in that conversation, Reach out to Brandon Lovejoy, and maybe we'll be able to get you on stage, allowing uh, maybe Marcel there to ask some questions directly to Aaron Cox. So that's going to be one of the um, you know highlights or, 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 or highlights of this webinar. Is that people will be able to interact directly with Aaron about WorfKit. So if you've got questions, you've been trying things out, you know that's going to be a great opportunity uh, to get involved. So uh, if uh, your dev there, uh, Rob wants to join. Have him send a message to Brandon. Anyone else out there that would like to ask questions during this webinar, send a message to Brandon and we'll see um, We'll see if we can get some of you um, more involved in that webinar.
7: Awesome. Thanks. I'll let him know. I appreciate it.
0: Beautiful. Anything else to add there, Brandon, about uh, this upcoming WarfKit webinar? Or maybe Aaron. I see he's in the chat as well.
6: Yeah, Aaron, if you want to say anything, go for it. Um, Yeah, I know we have, um, I'll I'll just really quickly say um, we're using Webinar Geek and currently the functionality doesn't really exist to bring people from the audience to the stage, which is kind of why we're looking now for folks that are interested in being part of the panel so that we can make sure we have some good question askers on stage with Aaron. Um, Ideally, you're already tinkering around with with Worf or you're a developer um, in the Antelope ecosystem so you can bring your razor sharp wit and questions to the stage. Um, But in the future, we should be able to, a Webinar Geek is going to open up the possibility to bring anyone on stage. So there won't be such a clear um, division uh, in the future. So you can maybe enter as an audience member and then ask a ton of questions and we're like, you know, just bring you up on stage for future webinars. But for now, kind of have to predetermine and send out invites to people. So yeah, just get in touch if you're interested and you're uh, burning to ask some questions in that format.
0: Tony here in the chat trying to steal the thunder from the webinar. No, I'm kidding. He, but he is <laughs> saying that uh, the WarfKit team also holds weekly calls on Wednesday at 1 p.m. So if there's any devs out there who wants to drop by uh, that call there, they're welcome to uh, to drop in and check out their previous recordings on YouTube. I linked, uh, I tagged the WarfKit Twitter account today in the in the promo post. Hopefully that helps the. Work get Twitter reputation. Uh, hopefully, we get that account uh, unbanned eventually, or <laughs> unrestricted, or I don't know whatever's going on with that Twitter account. All right. Well, thanks, Rob, for joining us. Uh, good work on the airdrop tool. I like it a lot. And yeah, make sure everyone else, if you're a dev or not, sign up for that webinar. Um, I think if you sign up, you can watch it at a later date as well. So if you're not necessarily available for that specific date, still worth it to sign up so you can get that information and watch it afterwards. All right, couple other short topics for the day. We went through these topics a bit quicker than I thought today. Um, Pomelo season six survey results are in, but first, before that, let me be the first to announce Pomelo season seven dates. So let me check my notes here. Daniel Keyes could not join us today, but he did give me the go-ahead. Applications for season seven will open on September 20th and meaning that donations will open on September 27th. And then of course the donations are open for three weeks, which will lead us to about mid late October for the end of season seven. So there you go. I know many of you have been asking us for the dates. We're happy that we can confirm them. Now there's gonna be an official tweet from the ENF coming out soon as well. That's going to be retweeted, of course, from the Pomelo account, and then we'll spread the news more officially in the community. For now, you're just getting this alpha drop on the fireside, uh, but we'll be yeah, we'll be sharing more widely in the uh, in the coming days. <laughs> well done, whoever's on the soundboard. Okay, um, Pomelo season six survey results. So that was just published this morning. Let me share the link here in the chat. Um, some key takeaways from Pomelo Season 6 survey. Actually, some of the key takeaways were surprising to me. So what's nice is that the n- number of respondents was up uh, from Season 5. Uh, w- with And uh, now we're up to 49 total respondents. Net promoter score is up to 34. So that means... Uh, people who would be actively promoting Pomelo and recommending it to their friends. There's more information about exactly what is a net promoter score in the article. Uh, other key takeaways, a majority of respondents, 89%, said that multi-pools resulted in the same or better experience. Uh, more than half of respondents, 53%, would like more matching pools or say it doesn't matter to them, 45%. A majority, at 69%, would prefer to have more than one matching pool, and all respondents except one would like to continue with multi-pools as long as the criteria is clear and the review process is smooth. So of course, very multi-pool oriented. The survey, of course, that was a new feature in Pomelo Season 6. There was the GameFi pool, the Everything EOS pool, the Telos pool, and DeFi pool. I think for, I forget a bit, but and we've had kind of some mixed feedback here on the far side. I remember a couple people speaking up that they weren't too sure if the matching pool made sense or if it was clear to them. Uh, but it seems like the people who did take the time to answer this survey, um, the vast majority of them enjoy the multi-pool experience, uh, which I, I definitely agree with. I personally uh, enjoyed the multi-pool experience on season six. And no information has been published or determined yet about season seven prize pool and or the distribution with of that prize pool within pools. So we, we'll, uh, we'll be sharing more about that as soon as possible. Um, but at least I'm happy I was able to give you the dates. So applications open in about three weeks. Get your applications ready. Visit the Pomelo Medium uh, page for tips on how to write your application if you're not sure. And then get that EOS ready, uh, donation start in about one month. Love, love the soundboards, except when you do the crickets. And then I have a small heart attack thinking I've been muted and talking to no one. Um, Patrick, (laughs) Patrick here coming in, uh, saying that he's got an interview with Daniel Keys coming. That's great. And then, um, multi pass to the moon. I'm not sure what that means, but I like the sound of it. All right. Um, good stuff. Let's see, some, uh, let's see some ones in the chat. If you plan on participating as a grant owner in Pomelo Season 7. And other than that, if anyone has any thoughts or questions, uh, feel free to jump on the stage here. Soundboard on fire, absolutely. Do we know who's using the soundboard? I have no idea.
7: Oh my god.
0: (laughs) Seriously, do we not know? Discord allows anonymous soundboard usage? It feels dangerous. Only Mods, Admin, and ENF. Uh Aha! So it's one of you that's trolling me with the crickets. (laughs) Damn, damn these anonymous crickets. But I I do appreciate the applause and horn. Eve, Yana, Yana, check, check the logs. Apparently Eve is the one trolling me. Nice. The green, re- the green green ring even when muted. all right oh, there we go. there we go. Eve is not anonymous anymore. Thank God. <laughs> nice, nice. We'll need we'll need to create a role specific for fireside soundboard users and people who want to be responsible with their soundboard usage can be added.
3: Maybe Eve could answer the question regarding the the uh, non-profit profit status using the soundboard.
0: <laughs> maybe, but maybe Eve is just not going to answer that question because he doesn't have more information to share than that has been already shared, and it's not up to the ENF to share all the information for YAS Labs either. All right, last topic of the day, Upland updates once more. I mean, Upland is really on fire. Of course, Tokyo was released recently. Of course, Upland runs on EOS. EOS now approved in in Japan. I like the synergy. It's all coming together nicely. Um, They do a weekly update show here uh, that I shared on YouTube. It's three and a half minutes. Lots of lots of things coming. I mean, it, it's really cool to see how active and engaged the Upland community is. Um, I wish I had more time to play, but uh, any any gaming time I have right now is uh, very very limited, and, and reserved for Diablo Four. But love to listen to these updates and uh, yeah, love love everything that's going on here. Um, let me share a bit here couple of the topics that were brought up here on this video what is it totems announcement that's right so totems is a type of life some sort of living creature that you'll take care of in upland i'm not too sure exactly but there's a bunch of them there's over five thousand that's going to be available there's 11 different types of life forms sounds very interesting there's racing updates which i touched upon last week there's a new types of shops where users can sell things to other users, really kind of increasing the commercial aspect of this metaverse and really allowing people to earn in many different ways while playing in the Upland metaverse. And then the Tokyo Thrift trader promotion is basically ranking people who are buying and selling properties in Tokyo and then awarding the top 200 traders with a special avatar. And lots more uh, updates there that you can read in the blog post that I shared. He also needs more games like Upland. Yes, absolutely. Upland's absolutely killing it. Love to see it. So that's it for today, at least for the topics that I had on the agenda. At this point, if anyone wants to share some updates from their projects, feel free to jump on the stage. Any off-topic banter you want to talk about, now's the time. Or we can just listen to this chill elevator music for a little bit. Oh, hi, oh, hi, Mark. What was that? (laughs) Uh-oh. We got some cross-server soundboard action going, I think.
6: What is this? I don't even know what I'm reading.
0: Frantically looking for that green circle, I can't find it.
5: You fucking kidding me, bro?
0: Oh. Got Nathan James in the action, got Patrick, got it in there. We need more of the room presence.
2: What the frick?
0: What do you mean, Chunbat? Like more people on the soundboard? Fucking with my mojo.
7: Alleluia.
0: Ah, never heard of The Room movie.
3: Coyo.
0: That was aggressive. We definitely need to add sounds to our EOS community soundboard. you got some special sounds you want to play to try to mess with me during the Fireside. Send it over to me, I'll add it to the community soundboard.
2: Amazing! Is
0: that a soundboard? Is that just Patrick Live?
3: Yeah, baby, yeah! Dream on, skin too. Nope! Yes! Yeah, baby, yeah! Oh, thank you very much!
0: All right, see ya, Lovejoy. Thanks for joining the fireside. Next topic, says Patrick. There are no next topic, Patrick. It's it. We're done. We're done for the day. We're just hanging around, seeing if anyone's gonna bring up anything interesting. I'm adding custom you? sounds. Yes. <laughs> Let's do. Oh, yes.
4: Move on, skin tube.
0: We already got him. Can everyone else see those sounds? Yeah, yeah. I guess anyone who has access to the soundboard.
3: Duh. Yep. Go, 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 go,
1: Okay.
2: You know what cheers me up when I'm feeling shitty? What? Rolled up aces over kings.
1: Stupid tourists and taking huge pots off them.
2: Yeah? Stacks and towers of checks I can't even see over. Playing all night, high limit, hold them at the Taj.
5: Where the sand turns to gold. Fuck it, let's go. Don't tease me. Let's play some fucking cards.
0: Anyone want to play some cards? The EOS Community Poker Tournament is coming back. (gasps) We we took a break last season due to some regulatory concerns, but now we should be good to go. So we're definitely gonna be having at least one more EOS Community Poker event. We usually host these after the Pomelo season. So look for that uh, at the end of October. You want it? If you want to sponsor the poker tournament donate some eos prizes or nfts or all sorts of other things reach out to me we'll get you on uh, on on board as a sponsor all right last call uh for topics anyone wants to jump on stage say something this is it we'll we'll wrap up the show in just a minute here
1: Yeah, I encourage uh, everyone to go on the EOS Nation Hot Sauce on the Friday at uh, 16
0: UTC. Error, error, no. Patrick. Error. Error. Actually, actually, the Hot Sauce is no longer a weekly show.
7: Oh no! Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, so, um, so
0: I wasn't actually going to bring it up, but now that you bring it up, Patrick. Uh, yeah, last week we announced on the hot sauce that it was the last week we were doing the hot sauce show. Um, EOS hot sauce replaced by South Asia show. Sorry. Nice. Um, we're not necessarily stopping the hot sauce completely. Um, maybe we'll do some special edition versions of the hot sauce from time to time. For example... For pomelo season seven or other events uh, but at this point we felt like the weekly show was kind of redundant i mean this fireside is a much better version of the hot sauce we've got great guests etc uh, so if if people want to stay up to date on the eos news on youtube you know there's definitely still a way to do that through the hot sauce of course uh through the fireside we timestamp all the topics, so anyone who wants to see what we're talking about can go to the video, see all the list of topics with the timestamp, jump right into their favorite topic, and get their EOS news there. So we're not leaving the EOS, you know, ecosystem without YouTube updates. But the weekly format of the EOS uh, of the Hot Sauce has been uh, discontinued at this point.
1: Okay, Stefan, I uh, I just want to say thank you for all those fantastic hot sauce and uh, continue the good job that you are doing into the Fireside Chat. I encourage everyone to
4: join on the Wednesday, and it is at 19
0: UTC! Yeah, baby! All right, we're going to leave it there. As you heard, every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, join us for the Fireside Chat. We're going to do it all over again next week. Until then, hope you guys... Have some good times And we'll chat again next week Let's go